Um, I, I thought I'd start a little bit by sharing a little bit about my week. Um, so, um, I, you know, we generally we kind of reflect back on our week. There's normally some good bits, some not so good bits. But I thought I'd share with you a couple of my highlights. I, this is going to sound bad now because I've led into this sadly, but Kathy, my wife, is away at the moment. That is not a highlight. That's a low light. But, um, but she's away in Bangladesh with Tear Fund at the moment. So... Um, so it's really great to she's kind of visiting a bunch of churches and projects and things like that. So um, before you ask, the boys are absolutely fine. They're still eating. Um, you know, in fact, they're probably eating better than they normally do. And that, oh, no, I'm going to put my foot in it. But none of this needs to be fed back, okay? So, um, but, um, but yeah, we're, we're having a good time. So it's sort of a boys' week. Um, and so that, that's been a lot of fun. Um, something else I did this week was um, we, um, so, so periodically we meet with some of the other um, vineyard pastors and leaders from around, um, around the movement, around the London area. And so we had that this week. Um, we met in this amazing kind of building. Um, it's just out, you know, just near, you know, just, um, you know, in the kind of bank kind of area. And it's just a stunning kind of church building in there amongst all the old and the new. Um, but great to kind of meet together just to share some stories with one another, to encourage each other, to worship together, to pray for one another. And, and it's just so exciting just to see God on the move in so many different places in this great city um, that we are part of. So really, really exciting to do that. Um, now, I wonder whether, um, you know, whether this week, whether you've had um, some moments where you've been thinking kind of, oh, if only... You know, if only. I know these two words that sound very innocent on their own, but when you put them together, they kind of speak of regret and missed opportunity and things like that. So, you know, perhaps, you know, if only I had seen the car behind me before I reversed out, um, you know, or if only I hadn't eaten that whole chocolate bar. Um, you know, we, we can go through our whole life with these kind of regrets, can't we? And that when, when I think about where I get, when I get to the end, when I get to my last days, I don't want to be one of those people who are muttering, if only, if only, if only I'd taken that job opportunity or I'd been friendlier to my neighbours or I'd offered to pray for my friends when they were sick. You know, I, I think there is a better way for us to live our lives. And, and, and I love this quote that Andy shared the last couple of weeks from um, Jonathan Edwards, who's, who was a preacher in the 1700s. And he said this, he said, Revival is not a move from the ordinary to the extraordinary. Rather, it's a move from the subordinary to the ordinary. We become fully human as a result of revival. Not frothy or weird, but instead what God always intended us to be. You know, I don't want to get to the end of my life, the end of my days on this earth, having lived a subordinary life. Rather, I want to be fully human, fully alive to what God has for me, not weird or not too weird, um, living as God always intended me to be. Does anybody else, would anybody else like that for themselves as well? Yeah? Good. Not just me. So Jesus talks about it like this. He talks, and we can find this in, in John chapter 10. He talks about a life of abundance, a life led to the full. You know, and, and so I'm excited that we're continuing our series on everyday supernatural today. You know, we're doing this through our Sunday mornings and Sunday evenings um, in, in youth and in young vineyard as well. And we've created some, I think they're funny, but a, a video for, for kids as well. So if you're, if you're wanting to kind of engage your kids in some of that, and you've got kids at home, 
grandparents, grandkids or whatever, try and you know, show them some of these videos. You might find those really helpful as well. And also in small groups too. Um, just to give you a recap of where we've been so far. So week one, we started off by thinking about the power in the present. You know, every good thing starts in God's presence, doesn't it? And then last week, we looked at doing whatever he tells you. And we looked at that story of Jesus turning water into wine and looking at it through the eyes of these, these servants who literally did whatever Jesus told them. You know, really bravely, they could have been caught out massively, but they were obedient to him. And I believe that's what he longs for us as well in our own lives. Now, if you've missed any of those talks, you can catch up online. And also, we're going through these in small groups as well. Um, so do be a part of that as well. Now, this week, we're going to be looking at the whole area of everyone getting to play. Everyone gets to play. Um, uh, alongside this series as well, we're also running some special evenings. So we've got um, at the, the 6 p.m. service. Um, in two weeks' time, we have a healing night. So if you long to kind of get be more equipped in praying and, um, for the sick, and come along to that. If you are ill in any way, sick in any way, we'd love to pray for you as well. Bring people out. Um, and then on the 5th of April, Palm Sunday, we have a worship night. We'd love you to be part of that. Um, but last week, you'll notice that I refer back to the week uh, before in that slide, the 1st of March last weekend. We had our friends um, Billy and Niall out from Northern Ireland, and we had a great night. It was so good. But um, just, just sharing and praying for one another, hearing from the Lord together. But you don't have to wait for a special night to come out. And we, we love the evening services. And, and there's so much space to just see what the Lord wants to do amongst us. So don't miss out. Come out tonight. Come out next week. We'd love you to be there. And we'd also love you just to be able to share any stories um, that you've had through this series. We heard a great story last week from, from Justin and Ebby as they, as they helped turn a young man's life around in, in a series of, of moments where they were obedient to what the Lord had placed in them. So um, do listen back to the talk if you didn't hear that. Um, but back to today. You know, wherever you find yourself this morning, whether you've had a good week or whether you've had a bad week, um, whether you've been following Jesus for days, weeks, years, decades even, or perhaps you're just working out what this all means, there is more for you today. And so we're going to read from um, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 in just a moment, but I would love to pray for us as we start together this morning. Lord, I thank you so much that your presence is here. Lord, I want to ask that as we read these verses, that you would make us more aware of your presence and of what you want to say to us. So, Lord, I want to ask that these words that were written many years ago would come alive to us this morning. We love what is here, Lord, and we ask that you would be speaking to us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So, if you've got a Bible or you've got um, a phone with you, um, otherwise, the words will come up behind me. I'm going to start from reading from verse 1. So, now, about the gift of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to meet idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are 
are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gift of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the works of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with So, just to give you a little bit of context as we start out, this is, this is Paul. He's the guy who, um, who had that road to Damascus moment where he met with Jesus in that bright light where he was blinded, and then he could see. He went from persecuting Christians to building up the church, to reaching out in so many different ways. And so much of the, the, the New Testament, we see the story of Paul going through there. And this, in this moment, he is writing to one of the churches that he planted um, in a place called Corinth. Um, and Corinth, um, the church there was, was just a little bit, it got a little bit chaotic, you know. Um, so... Yeah, basically what, you know, a bunch of the, these guys were just showing off their spiritual gifts, you know, almost like they were stepping out of a Marvel movie or something like that. You know, they were showing off their gifts to kind of demonstrate what they had, not for the benefit of others, but for the benefit of themselves. Because spiritual gifts are not for the benefit of ourselves, they're for the benefit of others. And as Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 14, he says that they are to strengthen, to encourage and to comfort, not to show off. And I think it's really important here, just as we, as we start out, the positioning of these verses on the spiritual gifts is really significant, I believe. You know, Paul talks about spiritual gifts in chapters 12 and 14. Now, what's in the middle? Love. It's also chapter 13 as well, for those that are kind of good with maths as well. Um, but yes, it is all about love. It is all about love. You got there too quick, Huntington, so... I was hoping we'd go 13 first and then love, but brilliant. Huntington's on it. So, you know, we're probably familiar with these words, aren't we? That love is patient. It is kind. It does not envy or boast. It isn't proud. And if, if you've ever been along to a wedding, I'm sure you've heard these words as well. And, um, but I, I think there's so much more to it than what we see in, in terms of a wedding or marriage. Because, you know, when we think of spiritual gifts, it's love that holds them together. It's love that's in the middle. And it makes sense of how they are meant to be used. And if you'll bear with me for just a moment, you know, we can imagine it a little bit like a sandwich, yeah? The spiritual gifts are like the bread on either side. You've got chapter 12, you've got chapter 14. But love is the filling in the middle. Now, even if you have the, the greatest bread known to man on the outside, the sandwich is still going to be known for what's on the inside. You know, it's a cheese sandwich. It's a chicken sandwich. It's never a bread sandwich, is it? You see, a sandwich is useless without its filling. 
And it's the same with spiritual gifts. Unless we use them from a place of love, they can hurt and squash and put people down. Not comfort, strengthen and encourage as they're meant to. Gifts need to be used from a place of love. Now moving on from sandwiches, or we'll all get a bit hungry. Um, you know, I think it's really clear that these gifts are meant for everyone, for the whole church. And so one of the things we often talk about here at Riverside Vineyard is that everyone gets to play. It's not just for the few, it's for the many. So what exactly do we mean by that? You know, first of all, I think it's really important in the vineyard. It's one of our distinctives. It's, it's one of the things that we think is really key and important. But more than that, I think it's really um, important. We know that's how church is meant to be. We all get to play. We all get to do the thing that Jesus did. But let's, for a moment, just break down what we actually mean by this. And let's just take that first word that everyone gets to play. So what do we mean by everyone? Well, you know, this passage offers, offers us a few clues. If we just go through a few verses here. You know, verse 1, um, it talks about brothers and sisters. In verse 6, I think we've got some... Yeah, I think in the, if you push on to the next slide there, you'll see some of these verses here. But different kinds of working by all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit. In verse 11, he distributes them to each one. And in verse 12, when it talks about the body, all its many parts form one body. And so it's really significant that it's everyone that we're talking about here. So when we say everyone, it doesn't mean some of us. Everyone means everyone. Yes, even you and even me, everyone. You know, I think so often we can be really quick to rule ourselves out. But you are not excluded, even if you think you're too old or you're too young. If you've not been a Christian for long enough. If you're scared of what might happen, if, if something happens or if nothing happens. If you raised your voice at your kids this morning or you said something rude to a driver who cut you up this week, everyone means everyone. When we choose to give our yes to Jesus, he longs to fill us with his Holy Spirit and to give each one of us gifts. Verse 3 tells us that we are filled with the Holy Spirit when we say that Jesus is Lord. In other words, when we give him our yes, And when we give our yes to Jesus, we start, we start to learn to live like Jesus did, to do the things that he did. In fact, I love these words from Jesus. This is what he told us that whoever believes in him will do the same things and we will do greater things than he. Not just leaders or pastors or the ones that always come up to the front to pray for people, but all of us, every one of us, everyone who says yes to Jesus. And so we all have a role to play. And this is why I think in this passage it talks about the, um, um, the church being like a body. You know, we, we touched on the first verse of that section in verse 12. Um, and, and do go and explore the rest of that. So I think it's just really helpful just to see how we all have a role to play there. Now, a few weeks back, um, my, my back went into spasm just as I was about to get up and, and speak here. You might, might remember I, I was clinging on to this lectern because that's the only way that I could hold myself up. And, and for a couple of days, I could barely move. And then um, for a couple of weeks, I was quite significantly impacted. 
I struggled to sleep. I even struggled to sit. I'm still not sitting on the sofa. Um, and other parts of my body began to hurt as I tried to reduce the impact on my back. You know, I wasn't exercising, and, and that has an impact. And the tablets I was taking to combat the pain had side effects. You know, one small muscle, one small insignificant muscle in my back wasn't working as it should. But the impact was felt across my whole body. You know, throughout Scripture, church is described like a body in a number of different places. And when one, where one part of us is not pulling its weight, it puts strain on the others. You see, we all have a role to play. Even if we think we're just a, a little toe or a small muscle in the back. And if we don't, then the knock-on effect is that the whole body will not work properly as it was designed to be. And for some of us here today, I think we've, we've ruled ourselves out. We, we feel like the role that we have to play is, is pointless. But the role that you play is so important. We need your input. The people sat around you today need your input. They need what you give and what you bring. The team that you're part of, they need you. Your small group needs you. Your workplace, your college, your high street, your family need you to bring what you have. They need you to show up. And I love this quote from a vineyard pastor out in the US. He says this, he says, In a culture that celebrates the strength of human ability, Jesus offers a kingdom built on weak nobodies. I love that. Weak nobodies like you and like me. We all have moments where we feel weak. Some of us more than others. But everyone needs everyone. So what about the second part of that phrase? We talked about everyone. And the second part of that is gets to play. Everyone gets to play. So what do we mean by that? This, I believe, is doing the stuff that Jesus did. Healing the sick raising the dead, performing miracles, casting out demons, bringing words of encouragement and life and hope to others. You know, the early church lived this out so well, didn't they? But how do we get to play? You know, there's three things I want to touch on this morning. And, and the first of that is by being filled. And you see that in verse 3. It starts from that place. Every good thing starts in his presence. And we see this kind of um, this, this, this story of, of the New Testament, of the disciples, of the apostles just being filled and then going out throughout the New Testament. Jesus himself was filled with the Holy Spirit as he was baptized and as he started his ministry. You know, we, uh, there's a picture of him like descending. The Holy Spirit just comes and descends like a dove. And they see the presence of God with him. And it started for the disciples as they waited for the gift that Jesus had in the upper room. The gift is the Holy Spirit. And when we see, we see this impact, we see this huge impact as the disciples then went out into the world. And I'll talk a bit more about that in a minute. But you know, the way this passage is written, it talks about being constantly filled. You know, it's not just a one-off event, it's an ongoing process where we come hungry and thirsty for more. You know, it's a bit like, you know those colanders that you'll drain your pasta off in? 
the water just pours out. It seeps out constantly. So we need to constantly be filled again and again and again. So how do we do that? Well, we come to church on a Sunday, and that's a good place to be, or we come to our small group. We can invite Holy Spirit to come. We know that He's here already, but He won't move where He's not invited to move. And so we wait for Him to come. We invite His presence to come and move among us. And we sometimes feel that in different ways. Sometimes Some of us feel something in our, in our hands. Some of us feel something in our stomach. We might start moving. Our bodies might respond to His presence as He comes upon us. It looks different for each one of us because we're all designed differently. Some of us don't feel very much at all, and that's equally okay. But, you know, sometimes it can feel awkward, the waiting, can't it? Can't it? And it's, but I think it's so important that we persevere, and I think he loves it when we wait for him to come. When we are patient and we long for him to, to move amongst us. And when he does come, it's incredible what he chooses to do when he meets with us. You know, there is power to change. There is power to heal. There is power to break chains and to bring life and healing. To empower us to go out and be Jesus in the world. But, you know, we don't have to go anywhere to be filled. You know, perhaps you're going into a difficult meeting this week. Perhaps there's a difficult situation that you find yourself in or, or just at the start of each day. We can pray that we would be filled as we go into that situation. And I love that prayer that we prayed in week one. I won't go if your spirit doesn't go with me. It's so good, isn't it? It's a prayer that we can pray anywhere we go at any time. Perhaps with our families or, or take, take a small group example. I, I, I just, you know, I really want to speak just a moment to hosts and to, and to small group leaders this week. I really want to encourage you to do this more and more. You know, if you're doing this already, great, fantastic, but expect more. And if you're struggling to get to this, sometimes we, you know, we don't quite leave enough time to kind of pray for one another at the end. You know, we would love you to create more space just to be able to pray for one another, to invite Holy Spirit to come and to see what the Lord wants to do amongst you. So I want to encourage you to be brave in your groups this week, to wait just that little bit longer than it feels comfortable to do so, and to be filled. Now, the second thing I want to talk about um, is is receiving his gift. You know, verse 4 talks about it like this. He says, um, there are different types of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. So the second part of getting to play is receiving the gift that he has for us. Um, as a dad, I love to give gifts to my children um, most of the time. There are times, there are exceptions. But more than I ever could, our Heavenly Father loves to give good gifts to His children when we ask Him. But we need to ask. And, and maybe this is an English thing, I, I don't know. But for me, I've often found that really hard. I'm not very good at asking for things, asking for help and, and that kind of thing if I need it. I just don't like asking for stuff. It's really important that we get beyond that and just ask directly. Now, verses 7 to 11 break down those different gifts, and we're going to spend some more time in small groups this week looking at that. But it's a bit like he provides us with a toolkit of gifts to use at any given time.
break them down into different sections, you've got the gift of, of the mouth, of prophecy, of tongues, of interpretation. Those are the speaking gifts. You've then got the eyes, the, the words of wisdom and knowledge, distinguishing between spirits, the knowing gifts. You kind of see and you know. And the third group, you can think about them like the faith gifts, the healing, the miracles. These are the doing the stuff gifts. Let's ask him for these gifts. Let's be bold as we do that. You know, we might not have the gift of healing, but we are all called to heal the sick. We might not be a prophet, but we can all hear from God. These gifts are available to all of us at different times. So never let us rule ourselves out from receiving what He has for us. And I love this from um, the. The Everyday Supernatural book that we're kind of reading alongside this series from Mike Pilevacci and uh, Andy Cross. They say this, they say, um, they, the gifts of God's power, freely given to normal, weak people so that they can be effective in bringing about this kingdom in the world. I'm going to repeat that. The gifts of God's power, freely given to normal, weak people like you and like me, so that they can be effective, so that we can be effective in bringing about His kingdom in the world. You see, we are not just called to receive these gifts and enjoy them once a week on a Sunday. They are part of being a normal follower of Jesus. And are also part of bringing God's rule and His reign wherever we go. You see, we are called to go out into the world. And that's the third thing I want to talk about. You know, if you look through the Gospels of the life of Jesus, it is clear that he never meant this good news of the kingdom to be something that we keep to ourselves. You see, he gathered the 12 disciples to him, and then he sends them out to heal the sick and to perform miracles. And he does the same with the 72. He draws them to him, and then he sends them out again to heal the sick, to perform miracles, and to demonstrate that God's kingdom has come near. And then just before he leaves the earth, and we can read this in Matthew 28, Jesus calls all his followers to him once more. And he tells them, first of all, to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. He says to go to Jerusalem and to wait for God's Spirit to come, the gift that he has for them. And then he commands them to go into all the world, to make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything that Jesus had commanded them to do and to do everything that he had shown them. You know, Jesus' 33 years on this earth weren't an isolated moment in time, but they were part of God's desire to release love and to bring his kingdom to rule and to reign in every corner of our world. And so we gather on a Sunday, we gather in small groups to be equipped in order that we might scatter that into our homes, into our offices, factories, high streets, colleges, everywhere around us. That's everyone, every day, everywhere. You see, everyone gets the place. Not just a few, but all of us. Everyone, every day, everywhere. Even weak nobodies like you and me. Even those of us who have ruled ourselves out because we are too much, 
one way or the other or, or whatever else. People like you and me.